marginalized groups you need representation on this episode? Uh, what marginalized groups could you possibly give us representation for? Um, fluid. Fluid. So you want to do some fluid talk? <laughs> if, it, if it comes up. Okay, well, um, <clears throat> it's coming up. <laughs> All right. I'm ready to be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> That's what people do when they want to be canceled. They come to the Movie Blues podcast. <laughs> This is the best place to trip and stumble on your own uh, bad opinions that'll come back to haunt you for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean, I guess basically now that I'm like four or five years and having kids, I realized that I missed my window of opportunity of getting canceled. So now I have to actively go out and try to be. As a family man, you have to try extra hard to get yourself canceled. <laughs> Short yeah. of like diddling. Keep sweet, keep sweet, keep, keep sweet, sweet, everybody. Keep Praying sweet. Over. So today on the Keep Sweet podcast, um, we have uh, Harrison Waxenberg. Yes, Rachel. I'm, uh, I am podcasting right now. Keep sweet, girl. Keep sweet, girl. I did not give uh, the dog her pill. No, you can, you can do that. Thank you, hon. Um, Rachel usually knows not to interrupt, but she had no idea we were down here podcasting. This is very impromptu. We actually had a discussion about that yesterday because Rachel uh, went to our neighbor and friends, Matt and Hannah's house, um, one minute after I fi- before I finished podcasting. She was like, I'm not supposed to interrupt you. And I was like, you can interrupt us literally any time. And then she just did it and it made me really mad. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's I, just because the convo was so dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wow, Harrison, is that is that sample from before or after the slap? <laughs> it's from uh, it's from directly after Cisco came out on stage and was just like, "Hold on, I know I know how to save this situation." <laughs> Wicked wild, um, <clears throat> Harrison. Yes, Waxenberg of Horizon Wireless fame. I'm supposed to say up front, and um, <laughs> he he is also the manager of Chris Geronda, who created our brilliant theme song, um, Italy's Own Chris Geronda. Thank you very much, <laughs> um, Harrison. Let's uh, start. Let's start at the basics here. You were born in Disney World. I was born in Disney World. Um, um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Can you tell our, our listeners what exactly that means? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just grew up. Um, Pretty much uh, with that being my backyard, you know, all my all my birthday parties, I would just go out to dinner there all the time. I was born on the, the hospital on the ground. So I had a pretty like, I guess, unrealistic expectation about life. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was amazing. I, I love Disney World. I love theme parks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. What about um, the the section in which you were born in Disney World was it Animal Kingdom? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was in a hospital on the on the Disney grounds. Um, Animal Kingdom wasn't built till later on. And now, was that before or after the slap? The slap. Wow, dude. <laughs> um, what did you think about? I guess we'll do some some recap on some things that we've covered that are big on the podcast. What did you think about uh, the Will Smith Chris Rock fiasco from the Oscars? <sighs> As an employee of SoundCloud, what was your <laughs> oh, what was no. your opinion on a popular rapper um, destroying his career in front of millions of people? Um, fuck, I don't really know what I think about anything anymore. <laughs> you used to be very opinionated. Now. I used to be very opinionated, but then I realized that I was just like a completely manipulated Cambridge Analytica, right, about everything. 
And, um, I, and I still am probably. I just that's why I just don't even have opinions anymore. Let me see what I, what can I can <laughs> what can I confront you about on uh, live on the air. Let me start with a couple base topics. Oh God. Um, speaking of things that I haven't seen you posting about much lately, um, really been seeing a lack of crypto NFT posts from you recently. Is there a reason for that? Um. Yeah. How's the market like... going right now, in your opinion? Oh, um, I mean. Jesus, I don't know. I've, I've been in it for so long now. I I can't even like determine the the ups and downs and all of it. But I think it's good. You know, whenever whenever the price goes down, regular people who don't really like have much that they want to either learn from or really engage in any sort of intelligent discussion with about it, uh -huh. kind of just like go away for a while. And that's like when the products get developed more. So you're saying, let me try to translate this for our listeners. You're saying that. Uh, if you're smart enough, you're not going to say that the crypto market has crashed. You just wade through it and success always awaits for you at the end of the rainbow. I don't know. It really depends. It depends on how this experiment ends up. I mean, there's definitely powers that be that want to bring it down and are de-pegging de all the stable coins now to make a point. I'm sorry, um, what was the phrase there? De-pegging? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not that's not acceptable on this show. We're a pro pegging fluid podcast. So, um, overall, I am worried about the macro economy situation. Mm -hmm. You know, for sure, the war, inflation, mm -hmm. um, all risk, all risk on assets are definitely dumping as fuck. Mm. But I don't know what that means. But I say it sounded like it was worthy of that sound effect being <laughs> after it. <laughs> Um, okay, all right. Uh, we'll see. All right. Oh, during bull runs is when it becomes all just, you know, speculatory price action bullshit. Of course. During bear bear I was going to say that. Yeah. All of that. People people only like to talk about it when it's really really high or really really low. They just don't like to talk about it when it's just <laughs> so like anything. Yeah. Like any yeah, news cycle true. has so to true. be a nun saving a puppy or someone getting uh, going ballistic and shooting up school. Yeah, I mean, we're all Cambridge Analyticucks at the end of the day. <laughs> are you scared that um, your kids are going to like use Facebook and things that you don't uh, like want them to be tracked as a platform? Are you trying to make sure your kids pick the right social media when it's time to create that uh, DJ account for Xander? Fuck, I, honestly, I haven't thought that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> At what point do you think you're going to get them a cell phone? Fuck. These are not the questions I wanted to think about on Father's Day. Uh -huh. um, oh, yeah. By the way, we're doing this because this is Father's Day. Harrison's here. We got two dads on the podcast right now. Um, and uh, that's that's what dads do. They pot on Father's Day. Honestly, whenever whenever his friends start getting them and, and he starts complaining that all his friends have them and he doesn't is when I'm going to have to get it, you know? Right. That's like like just, anything. That's parenting. That's parenting 101. You just wait for somebody else to pull the trigger. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck it. Guess I got to do this now. Um, Harrison's here because he saw, what was the name of the band that you saw yesterday? At the man? Shibasan. Shibasan. He saw an impromptu Shibasan set. <laughs> I saw the Disco Biscuits last night. He did. He did. Yeah. And Harrison's been... Um, really running quite the hype train uh leading up to this event i have um definitely mentioned that you know 
uh, wasn't gonna do this, wasn't gonna come down, but uh, the boys just <laughs> blew his fucking uh, Huxley doors straight off his barn, and he had to make the trip, the pilgrimage, if you will, four hours from the mystical mountains of Long Island. Um, and uh, how are you feeling about that choice so far, Harrison? Good? <laughs> um, uh, there was there was some problems last night. Um, Harrison experienced some technical difficulties with the man last night. Yeah, I felt like I was watching a Horizon Wireless show from the crowd. <laughs> you know, like how every I would say I would say one out of every three Horizon Wireless shows we've ever played, there's been technical difficulties. I um I had a, a a pretty successful run with Horizon Wireless for technical difficulties. We had a lot of like computers turning off mid set and, and oh, stuff yeah. like that, but like. Mostly all of those were salvageable. I don't think it ever was like so bad that we were like, concert's over. Everybody call your Uber. <laughs> well, the been... best part is like the first time you ever saw Horizon Wireless wasn't on salvageable set. Right. That's what I'm leading up to here. So <laughs> um, I uh, it, well, well, I'll tell the story on the air because like that's why we're all here. But yeah, I um, Harrison doesn't need to hear it because he was there and experienced it. In a more extreme way than I did, that's for sure. But um, this may be hard for our listeners to understand, but at one point I was just a Horizon Wireless fan. Um, just a peasant like the rest of you listening to this right now. A complete surf. You know what I mean? Um, I didn't even know how to keep sweet at that point. <laughs> I didn't know anything. Oh, but you know now. I know now. Brain obey. Um, so I um, was in Buffalo where I was off to shove ketamine up my nose and see the biscuits when I was like 19, 20 years old, whatever. And I would make the pilgrimage out there. And um, I was really into Horizon Wireless at the time. I kept seeing him and being like, this guy, this guy knows. <laughs> like everybody else I hear doesn't know. And this guy knows. I was like, this is the kind of music that like, I think I want to hear more than the biscuits. So I saw Horizon Wireless a couple times. I think just DJ sets. I can't even recall when, where the first time would have been. Um, but I was excited and told all of my friends who were seeing the biscuits in, <laughs> in Buffalo that they had to come out. And were you before them? It was. It was, it was a preset. Uh, it was. It was opening for Conspirator. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was on the Conspirator tour, like when Machete had first joined, and they were like doing that whole new thing. So I. Um, hyped all my friends up really big about it and we were i was like this is gonna be fucking incredible i'm gonna go see my boy fucking toss some skulls out there <laughs> and basically basically showed up and went to the show and and it was just like a error loading screen the whole time <laughs> on stage um harrison the way that it, it it sounded to me was that um for and this is speaking without understanding your technology at the time but imagine like um a tech house like a dj set but there's no bass drum yeah it was all like hi-hats and incorrect drops and like stop starts and like trying to get the computer to like sync up and go on track but it would not happen at any point and it, like just imagine thousands of people in a room not a single person like at least like when i've played bad shows with like bands you can see like one or two people being like, yeah, like this is, uh, you were the only person in the crowd who was raging. I wasn't raging. I was <laughs> mortified for you. <laughs> That's the whole thing too. Like even I wasn't okay with it. Cause I knew something was wrong. I think, uh, I think maybe a tech ran out on stage at one point and you were like having a heated discussion about I was having a heated discussion with with the sound people on the microphone All right, and the worst part about it is like this venue what was it called again the town ballroom is that what it was called yeah. this venue is like literally playing 
in a coliseum like it's it's not That's a huge, huge venue it's like maybe a thousand people but it's like theater in the round yeah exactly like everyone is surrounding you multiple layers you just feel like you're you're uh the fucking joaquin phoenix and in, in a gladiator wow yeah thank you for keeping this movie related <laughs> i really appreciate that <laughs> thank you for picking a ridley scott movie. and my setup is so fucking i mean you know this my should be so yeah. fucking easy it's i literally three objects and the same thing as plugging a fucking ipod into a fucking sound system never like, seen someone struggle with three <laughs> objects more than this guy it's a, the wireless curse dude it's so weird it whether it's an rca cable or you might as well cable, just named anything. your your act my computer works just out of irony because <laughs> you really set yourself up with the wireless thing for a disaster plus all the shows we played where some asshole has to come up to me afterwards and is like I saw your DJ was wearing headphones. I'm like, please don't fucking say it. Who said that? Oh, people all the time. I've could. never worn headphones but my whole career. But like people being like, oh, your, your DJ's computer's plugged in. Yeah, I mean that. <laughs> I, or especially on a Paris, good day, Paris, on especially a good day, especially when you have a technical difficulty, <laughs> and then people in the crowd are like, "Supposed to be wireless," and you're yeah. like, "Thank you." It's always the same. Thank you for pointing that out, <laughs> you genius punsmith. Yeah, that's like pretty obvious. Um, so yeah, that was the first time for me. Um, oh, the, but the worst part about that one actually is right after I got off the set, Magner was was you know right in the back mm -hmm. at the loadout and i walked off and he goes great set yeah that's the worst dude that's how you know that a they didn't even watch and b that he's just sad for you yeah that well it's most likely b i'm sure he watched and great laughed. set just so much pain in your eyes probably but, you're but, like thank, thank you <laughs> that actually led into something cool though because i i remember getting back on the bus and i ended up just plugging my equipment in in on the bus and dj'd back there that was what really like all the tragic things that happened in your life that <laughs> somewhere down the line it produces something way way more important than, yeah yeah like that one picture yeah. definitely made the whole tour worth yeah. it like last night when you saw the biscuits and they were super terrible and took a huge shit on you that led to tonight which is going to be a rowdy fucking barnyard throwdown i don't know if last night was terrible i think the issue is that first of all the energy got fucked up from from the sound going off right yeah i'd say that's in a definite hindrance to the concert you saw it having to be turned off yeah yeah especially <laughs> especially after listening like sitting in four hours traffic but like you know i know how it is you know you i know do. how it is this shit happens that's how that's that's how we got onto this point in the first place right about technical difficulties absolutely and then you know it's just hard when they come back on and you know that they're just gonna play one set and that you didn't really even get to see a set before that and there was the sound in the man is, is a little bit rough you know i had to walk around a lot to see like was it the bass drum that was just booming really hard or was he really playing the e-kick like for 95 percent of every single song and right. jam harrison was basically like a an e-kick private investigator yesterday <laughs> at the <Yes>. show <laughs> <laughs> he's like now let me take it from this angle between the hours of four and five still bad <laughs> the, I, I will say i will say that going to the show sometimes you kind of get a feeling more of like what alan's doing with his e-drums more so than when you hear it on a soundboard though is that a, a good thing you're saying yeah yeah it okay. is because sometimes when i'm on a soundboard and you know at certain points in jams it'll just be like all right well he's been playing you know the squirt gun for you know 10 minutes of this jam or whatever but then when you're there 
you can kind of hear like some of the more like textured. You can hear like, the reverb to the squirt Yeah, gun. there's like things. Yeah, there's there's other things going on that maybe don't come through on the soundboards. So now when I listen to soundboards, I kind of like hear them differently. I hear like what they probably are like while you're there. You like imagine what it would be like if you were just on a bunch of Molly listening <laughs> well, to the same exact music. I mean that that was last night. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't plan on taking drugs, but after I saw 25 minutes of the biscuits and then sat there for an hour, um, I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that that right there is how the biscuits are a gateway drug. It's not that they, um, it's not that you're already on drugs and then you see them and you want to do more drugs. It's that you see them and, and when they're disappointing, then it makes you seek out drugs. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the most common misconception about the biscuits is that you need to be on drugs to enjoy them. Like honestly, I I, I don't do them when I'm at their shows anymore because I just want to enjoy the show. Yeah, until it's bad and then you do drugs. Well, not even that it's bad. It's just that the concert ended and I was sitting there <laughs> and I was going to be in, there. In this case, there's no concert to be bad. Um. Yeah. I mean, honestly, as I was getting ready to leave, Chelsea's like, oh, man, are you excited? And I was like, yeah, but also, like, I know what happens when I get excited <laughs> yeah. about them. Like, I, I know that, like, you know. Expectation you know is a you know double-edged sword for sure. I just want to get out there, though. I really don't care. Like, yeah. I, I know from being a, a sober dad from afar, mm -hmm. listening to the shows and getting completely out of all the scene bullshit, out of even talking to human beings at the shows and everything that revolves around it. Like, just talking about the music itself, just listening to it as a sober-ass dad from mm -hmm. my fucking couch. I am in love with, with what's happening stuff. right yeah. now. Yeah, me too. I mean... It's kind of like they unpaused from 2010, at least from a writing songs perspective, because like all this new stuff is really not far different than Bombs and Rivers. In no. fact, so many of these new songs you can sing Bombs to yeah. and it works perfectly. It's but, like Minions level songwriting. But it's funny because I hear people being like, oh man, like this just sounds like Bombs. And I'm like, exactly. I need 150 <laughs> songs that sound like Bombs now, please and thank you. People so. always need to relate, you know, one thing to another thing to make them feel, you know, okay with change or right. anything new because that's how this human brain works like you have to you have right. to like come up with some sort of construct to help you perceive what's happening like people are always like you know joe biden is so good because <laughs> donald trump was so bad when it's yeah. like no he would be bad without donald yeah, trump just on his own like they're both bad man mm -hmm. like, but it's not all comparative no they can both be bad yeah they're, they're both fucking 85 year old senile embarrassing fucking white now hold on. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. You're gonna edit Let's some not of this disparage stuff our own people. <laughs> uh, just want to let all our listeners know we're Jewish, so we are technically not white. Yeah, I'm basically an olive that. god over here, and you can't tell because it's it's all audio. You know what's funny? Is it Nayeba or is it Humo? Is, is it ladies or is it I man? Is what? Is it digital boot or is it tricycle? Oh, as in like yeah, these songs. Sound people, exactly people, people are always. That's literally sure. like. Are you that new to the band that you don't know that their songs are like kind of interchangeable? So much to the point, in fact, that they write a different set list every night and jam in and out of all of them. They do that? <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I, I have a feeling a most most of the listeners on your podcast are biscuit fans. That's what that's 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 the vibe I get. Uh some some definitely ascribe to that uh to that church. <laughs> the fever at which they argue about opinions makes right. me think that. They're, they're jam band fans. They're jam band fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> I went to Craftwork 3D last night. I'm so jealous. Uh, took a lot of heat from my wife and everyone I know about only being able to go to City Bisco Sunday. 
now, usually <laughs> weeks down the line, I'm, I look back on things like this and I'm like, I think I made the right choice. But last night as I walked into Kraftwerk 3D and was handed 3D glasses to see the inventors of electronic music and received a text that said, the Biscuits are leaving the stage after one song. I was like, I did it again. <laughs> I made the right choice. But at the same time, we did miss hanging out with you guys. And I, I can... Um, resonate with that notion that Rachel was very upset about. And then Rachel saw they played who's in charge in Cyclone and I almost was divorced. Yeah. I mean, definitely looking back on the set list paper. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty awesome. And honestly, I am going to listen back to the soundboard because there's many times we're being at a show. Sometimes I, it sounds worse to me than the show actually is because there's just too much other shit going on. There's too much shit that's in my head. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not the same as like listening from home completely just alone on your couch mm -hmm. just watching them it's a lot different sure is yeah <laughs> uh, basically uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not helping sell any tickets today so <laughs> I hope this doesn't go online sorry mark <laughs> he's gonna be listening to it backstage in like an hour oh god sunny speaking <laughs> of people who talk like that the last um podcast you were featured on was probably the passion collective right yeah would it be more comfortable if I talked to you like this? I love Zach so much. <laughs> I do too. He he's, he's the lifeblood of Space Vegan, by the way. He has the he has the voice of um like an like an old Jewish politician. Italian. He's 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 Italian to me. You get you get yeah. There's a little like Brooklyn Italian in there, but there's also like something very Morty Feitelstein <laughs> about his podcasting voice <laughs> that I, that I find oddly calming in the way my Zeta would talk to me. <laughs> I call him Zeta from now on. Um, movies, movies. Oh God! Well, you want to talk about Sonic too? And <laughs> have you yet seen a movie in theaters with your kids? I, that was the first one I saw. It was Sonic Two last weekend or two weekends ago. I took him to see Sonic Two. Xander, yeah, a and Loveland or just Xander? Just me and Xander. Yeah. How how did that go? awesome was it so fun i mean taking your kid to the movies for the first time yeah it was a dream come true because i fucking love going to the movies i like to go to the movies with my dad you know yep same. So, uh, definitely was same as in i liked going to movies with your dad <laughs> <laughs> i uh Keep sweet. i loved it he he stayed in his seat the whole time he he was pretty respectful you know now was he a fan of sonic one yeah he loves sonic which is so cool did you ask him for his golden gun rating on Sonic 1 and 2 before you podcasted today? Um, he liked them both. Okay. He liked them both that he watched them like 40, 50 times. So. Wow. Yeah. And he awesome. didn't shit his pants at all, huh? He shit his pants today. Okay, but not in the movie. Not in the movie, no. <laughs> was he like, wow, what the fuck is this, a movie theater? It was kind of awesome seeing Jim Carrey just go at it in a movie theater. Yeah. I, I feel like I, I haven't seen him in a while. Mustache strong. Yeah. It's 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 a cool like twilight of his career like role to play such yeah. a legendary role too. He just gets to like pick out the really juicy roles like Doctor Robotnik. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you're like kind of being sarcastic, but <laughs> he gets to really cherry pick uh, the auteur <laughs> cinema that he's making. Yeah. Ever since he did Eternal Sunshine, he was like, I need to pick just the heavy hitters. Being part of one of these like huge gaming or trilogy franchises sort of things is that's that's important to to an act like someone who's really studied the craft you know for their legacy and what do you think about um <laughs> what do you think about all of this like marvel and disney content are you watching it with the kids does uh, xander like star wars or 
Um, he hasn't watched any Star Wars yet, but he knows who Darth Vader is. Classic. Um, because I thought like one of my coworkers was sending me an artisanal roast beef sandwich for for like my birthday mm-hmm. in the mail. Mm-hmm. And then when I opened it up, I was telling Xander, I was like, yeah, it's roast beef. Like, <laughs> I opened it up and then I opened it up and it was a Darth Vader cell phone holder. Hmm. So I don't know where, where the mix up happened. That's that's a classic mix up. And he was like, Dad, what? This isn't a roast beef sandwich. And I was like, oh no, this is Darth Vader. You're He's like, now I have to tell him about Anakin. <laughs> I, I do sometimes put on the first episode of Obi-Wan pretty much every night before I go to bed. And <laughs> I just scroll through my phone. That's interesting. So... <laughs> Um, I'm pretty caught up. <laughs> you'd think that because I have like my bandmate and best bud on the podcast right now that this would be some kind of reprieve from podcasting all the time with Dan Enden. But just like with Dan Enden, I don't think Harrison and I really see eye to eye on content. Um, <laughs> I, w- I would say some we do, some we don't. Some That's good. we, some we do. It's, it is healthy, but it's also like... It's like with Dan Enden, where sometimes I just want to strangle both of you. Yeah, but I totally understand why. Why, like, <laughs> if someone if, if someone said to me that they didn't like the Maze Runner, I wouldn't. Right. I, I I think they're that's wrong. wrong. I as, think they're wrong. As but... Dan Enden and I, our our relationship with movies started with Dunkirk and us talking oh, about it. Harrison and I, God. our our um, I fucking hated that movie. Our riffs began over the Maze Runner series. Yeah. Because Harrison was like, there was like a summer where Harrison was going absolutely batshit insane for Maze Runner and <laughs> just wouldn't stop talking about it. He's like, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And I was like, all right, fine. It's like, looks pretty up my alley, like sci fi. Maybe it's like a little young adulty, whatever. And so Rachel and I sat down and watched the first movie and like, <laughs> We had to have a conversation where we were like, how much do we reveal to Harrison about how we felt about this movie? I feel like me and Chelsea did that, probably did that to troll you. Because <laughs> like maybe maybe it was like the friendship was a little newer at this point. And I was like, I'm not ready to step out there and be like, dude, you are fucking insane for liking this. You know um, what? You know what I am really sad about? And I'm going to be completely 100% honest with you mm-hmm. that I'm not going to get to see another Raised by Wolf season. I know. That's... Like that is heartbreaking. <sighs> The creator of the show wrote the third season, so maybe somewhere it'll happen, but a little re- arrested development pickup sort of thing. It's just like after the first season, they didn't have to make a second one. Like I figured it was gonna get canceled, like all things that I like, like after one season. Um so when they made the second one and then introduced all these ideas in it, I'm like, okay, well now clearly they're devoting themselves to making this happen. Like yeah. they're gonna introduce a lot of new stuff. It wasn't like season two explained season one. Season two Explain season one, but then opened up 900 more doors yeah. than season one. Had. Honestly, I didn't even remember season one by the time I was like halfway through season two. It was totally different experience, matter. too. Um, and it really felt like they were streamlining the show so they could like get it all out there. And so many things happen, and just it's, it's crazy. They, they spent too much money on the acid mermaid. It makes me so mad <laughs> to seeing ads for fucking uh, Westworld. And it's like, guys, nobody likes, nobody actually likes Westworld. I, I I love Aaron Paul, and I don't think I remember a single scene from the last season of Westworld, except that there was a motorcycle in it. That's a lot of retention you have for that one, for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, that Westworld is just like um, Jeffrey. What, what who's the guy that plays Bernard? Um, fucking love that dude. Uh, just him over and over saying like, I can't remember. I don't. 
I don't. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Robot Bernard. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I can't do Westworld. I'm done with that. I was done after the first season. The second one was even worse. But uh, getting back to Maze Runner, though, I, we watched the first one. And we were like, okay, this is a huge problem in our friendship with with Harrison and Chelsea. And then we were like, let's watch the second one because they're going to make sense of what was so upsetting about the first one they really doubled down on not doing that and we were like so upset yeah we were like who do we talk to about this because nobody else has seen the maze runner series did you see the third one no we couldn't do it oh, i couldn't do it I, maybe someday phenomenal. i'll get back to it phenomenal got it yeah. got it got it um yeah i mean me and chelsea are just we're we're absolute like suckers for anything that has to do with like young adult dystopian like coming of age survival yeah. shit it's see like rachel and i watched the hunger, <sighs> hunger games and we didn't like that hunger games i mean and then i downloaded sorry. the final hunger games movie for us at her house we hated it and the fell riaa off. like sued me for ripping it off the internet <laughs> that one definitely fell off for sure <sighs> i've been watching one that's actually in spanish that's on netflix right now what's that called um, I think it's called like a blue virgin, virgin blue hmm. or, or something like that. But, uh, yeah, like we just, we just watched like the preview that Netflix shows you and it looked so good. Hmm. And then we turned it on and it was like some Spanish, like soap opera teens getting trapped on an Island cause they thought they were going to be influencers. The wilds. Oh my God, dude. dude. That show oh is my fucking gosh. garbage. It's, it's, it's <laughs> fucking incredible though. Like it, it, it really like, I just couldn't take the dialogue. It was it's like, t- yeah, it was like yeah. written by two 10 year olds. You, you have to get like, you have to get like two or three episodes into, into both the first and the second season. Cause the second season, I almost turned it off on episode two or three and me and Chelsea look at each other and we're like, no, like. I feel like this is what the first season started out like. We just keep trucking through, and like by the fourth no, episode, we were like, "Back on now!" Oh, dude, we flew through that second Ugh. season. It's a um, oh. the show is like they, a bunch of girls crash on an island, <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I, j- I had just watched Yellow Jacket, so I'm like in in survival mode. I was like, "This is cool." Um, and then they they all start talking to each other, and yeah. that's where I stopped watching the show. They were like, "Yeah, the the plane crash. They all get on the island, and a girl's like." I didn't drown. That's so lit, fam. And then, like, another girl is like, Boston, for real. On God, I survived. It was so bad. To give you some context. It was like a TikTok original. That's, like, what the dialogue (laughs) felt to me. was, like, Gen Z overload. I couldn't do it. Yeah, basically, just this is it in a nutshell. In the first scene, or the first scene after they they land on the island, um, you know, one of them dies in, in the ocean or whatever. Sorry for the spoiler. And don't, then, don't. so they, they bury her, and like at the end of the burial, there's a montage where they all start singing like um, "Raise Your Glass" by Pink because that was like her her <laughs> oh ring, her ringtone on the on dude. the flight. <laughs> so you know, I almost gave up after that. I was like, "Whoops, I made a big mistake." But I don't know. It's like if you you can't do it because you you have no you have right. no like patience or or no, I mean. You don't you don't respect the art form that is like the absolute ass blast trashiness of television. Yeah, actually, you do though, because you because you love um. What I can't take what you're trying to TV. what you're zooming in on is the paradox of why I can't watch certain kids movies. Like I can watch like Moana, but I can't watch like um like trolls. I can't watch things yeah. that are like Commercial. geared towards the youth of today and overloaded with pop songs that mm-hmm. are. Uh, it's kind of like. The songs they play, uh, interstitial moments in the Jersey Shore, and mm-hmm. in the bottom of the screen, it's like, "This is the song, da 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 da." But like throughout an entire movie, yeah. Um, I just can't, I can't do like forced 
youth garbage. It's so hard. That's why young adult stuff is so hard for me too, because it's just like yeah. But there's some gems like We Are Your Friends. That that movie with uh with Zac Efron, the DJ. Oh, movie. the DJ. Oh yeah, yeah dude. Oh yeah, that that's that, a classic. That, that's a it's a classic. I also have you seen and shout out to James Del Santi for introducing me to this fucking underrated classic masterpiece. But did you see? Um, Baywatch with Zac Efron in The Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great too. Dude, great movie. Anything Zac Efron in is, is is amazing. He he's he's a true talent. He is a true talent for sure. He is rock hard, that man. Yeah, he's you could the, gra- be- the best looking. You could grate a friggin' onion on that man's physique. Yeah, and he's <laughs> Zac. I don't know if you're listening, but yeah, no, he is. <laughs> We're gonna link this through his Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, we we do have that yeah. connection because they we did do. they did have him play me in a movie. So a final story of, <laughs> of the day to lead us out here is uh, the story of how uh, they made a movie about Harrison and the Horizon Wireless Experience. They didn't include me because the script was finished right before I joined. This is before you, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but check out actually the movie. no, they just they just didn't want to they didn't want to deal with the drums in the production. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little inside baseball, but yeah, everyone hates drummers. Um, <laughs> Especially if you're left-handed, shout out, uh, Quay, you're never going to make it. Nobody with a left-handed drummer ever makes it. <clears throat> Quay's good. I mean, Def Leppard had a left-handed drummer. What is making it now, anyway? And then they blew his arm what off. What is making it? Playing the Man Center in your, in your home city? Playing one song and a half at the Man Center before your PA explodes uh, in your hometown. Dude, in just, front of just all for the record, friends. I'm totally not shitting on the business right now because, honestly, <laughs> I, I've never been more excited about them than I, than I am right now. And uh-huh. that's that's... 13 years long like I, I came in like I saw them in 2008 April 2008 you know like Vasilia Spaga is my first jam obviously everyone knows that but everyone knows that because I don't show up about my shit but, I was there I had a good time at that one yeah that was a good one one of my favorite shows ever and then sure. I guess the first debut I saw was Portal hmm. and um, after that Planet Anthem happened and uh yeah, and then ten years happened with nothing except for champions. <laughs> I wish I could. Have and this myself. whole time, I was telling Barbara to fucking play space taxi shit. I wish I could have put myself in a cryogenic freeze from <laughs> New Year's 2010 to right now. Musically <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> nah, for the biscuits, but nah. um, anyway, we're gonna go see the biscuits today. It's gonna yeah. be a lot of fun. They're our favorite band. I was alluding to the fact that Harrison, uh, his life story was based um, for the movie uh, "We Are Your Friends," starring Zac Efron. Check that out uh, for a while. Harrison, or uh, I mean, Wikipedia had that it was actually based on Horizon Wireless <laughs> on its page, which was a great period of time in both of our lives. And um, check that movie out. Don't watch Maze Runner and listen to Space Bacon is the probably Space the moral Bacon. of the story here. And buy crypto. Yeah, I mean, don't buy it when it's lower. I Get guess. in on the bottom. Floor. You know what? No, no financial advice, but but you know, people people you know like to buy it when it's going up and they don't buy it when it's going down i'd say just just maybe this time try the opposite well thanks thanks for coming (laughs) here on the on the passion collective (laughs) this was a good podcast thank you harrison um who's in charge dude what the fuck keep sweet everybody peace keep sweet (laughs)